Hello everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Podverb. This is the fourth episode of this podcast and I hope you've been enjoying the episodes that have been released so far. I've been blessed as I was looking at the statistics to notice that the podcast has had over a hundred plays right now and that is quite an achievement to see that there are people all over the world that are listening and following our discussions here. I noticed that we have people from the United States of America. We also have people from Zimbabwe, my own home country. And thank you for the support. I've also noticed people from Lebanon, people from Australia, people from Canada, as well as people from Germany, Ireland, South Africa, all over. Thank you all wherever you are. If I skipped your country, please write in. I will be happy to hear where you're listening in from. Now today, we're going to be tackling a very difficult question. And I don't think I have uh, a full answer, but I depended heavily upon an article that I found online, which has been published before. So I hope you'll enjoy this uh, discussion. It's going to be solo, my first solo episode. So I hope you will enjoy it. The question that we're looking at today is, why is it hard for scientists to agree on origins? This is something that, you know, at face value might look like it's quite obvious. Scientists are bound to disagree because as human beings, we disagree. There's never, there's never anything that we as human beings fully agree on. That's true. And scientists are also human beings, so they're bound to disagree. But probably there are deeper reasons as to why scientists do not always agree on the discussion of origins. And as I reflected on this question, I remembered an article that was published by Dr. Hambato Rasi. I hope I pronounced his name well. If I did not, please may you forgive me, Dr. Rasi. He did a wonderful article that was published in a book that will be provided in the show notes, as well as in a magazine called Ministry Magazine. It's actually a journal for Seventh-day Adventist pastors. So this was published in um, 2001, and he explored the reasons why scientists interpret reality differently. And as I reflected on this article, I felt it's probably worth reviving that article and sharing it here on the, pod, on, on the podcast and giving it another life. As he looked at this um, question, his question is quite similar, though of course not phrased quite exactly the same as the one that we received. But it looks at three different levels of disagreement, or maybe not disagreement necessarily, but three different levels at which scientists, scientists can um, have differences in the way that they perceive what is going on around them as they look at the, the different aspects of um, origins. The lowest level, the base level, would be differences in interpretation. So one scientist must, might, might be working in a lab where they might not have that much equipment or they are limited by the amount of data points that they are gathering. So this would lead them to one interpretation of reality that might be different from another scientist who might be working with more data points or in a lab that is better equipped. But however, these are low-level reasons as to why there might be differences in interpretation of um, aspects of origins. Because a scientist's work, they use the scientific method and it has 
an autocorrect mechanism, as it were, where if you discover something and you publish it and you share that um, discovery with other scientists out there through publication of a manuscript in a journal, what then happens is other scientists will look at your work and they have an opportunity to try out whatever you 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 were working on in their own labs and try to replicate in a similar environment and if there are any discrepancies these can be explored and you know people can correct each other and lead each other to a better understanding of what they're looking at so this is a base level reason as to why scientists might not always um, speak the same language when it comes to origins moving on dr rossi explores a deeper reason as to why scientists might not agree when they are discussing origins research. And he uses the example of uh, Alfred Wagner to illustrate how scientists working in different paradigms may not be able to listen to each other or maybe to hear each other because of their different paradigms. Alfred Wagner lived in... um, the later part of the 19th century going on to the 20th century. And he is one one person who was quite fascinated with geology and he was proposing at his time that the continents do move. But during that time, the prominent um, geologists did not believe that this was so because there had been no evidence that had been gathered you know, at this point to suggest that the continents do move. And also people were not really prepared for this new discovery. So as he proposed this theory of continental drift, it was rejected. And there was quite a lot of um, disagreement that was there amongst the geologists who were looking at his work. Some dared to you know, test it out and this led to a growing body of evidence you know, that pointed to the reality of continental drift. And as a result of that, people now today believe in a continental drift and that the continents do move. You know, I was just trying to think of what could have been going on in people's minds at the time, you know, when Wegener was um, proposing that continents move. If you think about it, it's rare to even experience that your own house moving Unless, of course, there's a tremor of some sort, but it's hard to believe that a house can move. What about a country? I'm thinking of the country of Zimbabwe. It's a relatively small country, you know, compared to our neighbor South Africa or bigger countries like uh, the United States of America, Russia, ATC. But to think of uh, the country of Zimbabwe moving, that probably would have uh, blown many people's minds. And now to think of a whole continent moving. So if this is how they thought back then, I'm sure they were smarter than me, but if this is how they thought back then, then surely it would have been hard to conceive what um, Alfred Wagner was sharing to even be true. In Dr. Russ's argument, he says, when people are operating in these different scientific paradigms, because they are surrounded by the body of evidence that they believe to be true, and this is something that most of the people in their community, the scientific community, believe to be true, they may not have the open ears to listen to what other people are saying, what other scientists are saying who believe differently. So this can lead to differences. But again, 
this can be auto-corrected, you know, as the evidence builds up and we get to know more about the world around us. So it is slightly deeper than the first reasons that we share the differences in, interp in, in interpretation, but it's not as deep as the third level. And in the third level, he lists differences in worldviews. Now, worldviews can be thought of as a um, lens through which you see the world. When you are wearing blue shades, the world is uh, tinted blue, and almost everything has a blue tint to it. Of course, you still see some colors, but they're all filtered through this blue lens. If another person is standing nearby and they're wearing red shades, they will see their world um, tinted red. And the way you see your world through this lens called the worldview will affect how you interpret your reality. And it also affects how you interpret origins research. So in this article, Dr. Rossi says worldviews give answers to four basic questions. Who am I? You know, it directs you to, to find your origin, your nature, and your purpose as a person. And after, you, after it has provided an answer for who am I, it provides an answer for where you are, where am I. It looks at the nature and extent of reality and also answers the question, what is wrong? Because definitely wherever you are in this world, you can see that something is not quite right. COVID-19 is one of, those, um, one of those obvious examples. Things are definitely not right. So your worldview will provide an answer as to what is wrong. And then the last question will be, what is the solution? So the worldview will provide a framework through which you can um, find solutions for overcoming the obstacles that face you as a person or humanity in general. So scientists have different worldviews. And I would want to believe that there are probably as many worldviews as there are people on this planet. But he does a very good job in summarizing and distilling these worldviews into three major categories. And the first of those categories being theism, the second pantheism, and the third naturalism. Now you'll notice that most of the disagreement that is there is between theists and naturalists. Theists are those people that believe that there is a transcendent God who is separate from the created world, but he acts in its operation. So with theists, they believe in supernatural events, things like miracles happening because of a divine being intervening, or you can think of um, things like um, the manifestation of spirits and so on. Those are things that theists believe in. And theists are not limited in his definition to just Christians. Theists span quite a whole spectrum of um, denominations and um, religious, religious uh, persuasions because not only Christians believe in a um, deity that is transcendent and separate from his creation. So all those different religions are bunched into theism. Then there is um, naturalism. Naturalism is a worldview that rejects the notion of anything supernatural. 
So there is nothing supernatural. Everything is explained in terms of the natural laws. So it is. It can be described in terms of energy, as well as in terms of um, matter. That is what constitutes naturalism. Of course, this is an oversimplified definition that I'm giving you here. I invite you to go and read his article and and also to re research more on this. Then pantheism is sort of an in between because it does recognize some uh, impersonal deity you know who can be thought of as not being separate from the created world so this deity is within the created world and it cannot be separated from 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 from, from the natural world that we see so those are the three major worldviews he he distills and if you think about it for a scientist that is a theist, when they look at the evidence of um, origins, say for example, they look at um, the geological column, what they see is God's work in this world, and they can see evidence of catastrophe. It points them to the biblical flood, for example. But for a naturalist, because they do not have space for the supernatural, they don't have space for this God. When they look at the same geological column, they do not bring into it the idea or the possibility of supernatural intervention. And as a result, what they see is processed through this filter of um, matter and energy and natural causes. So these two people, even though they may be looking at the same data points, because of their differences in their worldviews, they'll come to different conclusions. And this is one. This is what he argues is probably the deepest reason as to why scientists interpret reality differently. And I would also say, you know, in terms of um, our question here, why do scientists not um, agree on origins? Why is it hard for them to agree on origins? If they are coming at it from different worldviews, one is naturalistic, the other one is uh, theistic, they definitely would have different uh, foundations on which they're building their knowledge. They're standing on, remember a worldview gives you the foundation on which you stand as you look at life and as you experience life. So they're standing on different foundations and those foundations will affect their conclusions in as much as they might have the scientific method to guide them. I thought this article was a very good article to share in this uh, podcast. I'll give you the link in um, the podcast show notes. And I invite you to also share in your thoughts. What do you think um, of this question? Why is it hard for scientists to agree on the basic concepts of origins? And this is it for this week's presentation. That's it for the month of September. I'm going to try to bring this show to a bi-weekly, not a bi-weekly format, but a fortnightly format. But um, that can only be done when uh, we get a few more resources together so that we can be able to record twice a month. But thank you very much for the support that you have given us so far. If you would like to support the show financially, please feel free to visit our Patreon page by visiting patreon.com slash podverb where you can 
donate to this ministry and partner with us to grow it as we go from month to month. And also, I invite you to leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. And until next time, be blessed.